0: all right it's here i know you've been asking for it it's buy low it's sell high it's fantasy basketball it is the one and only michael bolton thanks josh it's michael bolton here and it's time for another episode of the locked on fantasy basketball podcast let's get to it let's get to it indeed you are locked on fantasy basketball your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the locked on podcast network Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I run the Timberwolves Brazil Twitter account and I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, go to fanduelcom slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you also for making Lockdown Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So as I said, you've been calling out for it. And I reckon some of you will enjoy what I'm going to do here on this Buy Low, Sell High show. Some of you won't. But let me just give you a quick explainer, which I will not do on any of these other Buy Low, Sell High shows, right? The idea of Buy Low, Sell High is... We're doing trades in fantasy basketball. And I talked about this on yesterday's show is the more experienced you get in fantasy basketball, the more, the longer term your league is, the more experienced your other managers get, the trades go down. People don't do trades in most fantasy basketball leagues. I'm telling you now. So my first reaction to fantasy basketball trades, if you ask me a question is no, don't do it. Be really selective in what you're doing in terms of trading. So I'm going to come out here and I'm going to say, these are five buy low players and look at these you must sell high on this guy. When I understand for a large portion of you guys listening to this, it won't be realistic. And that's good, right? It's good that you have other managers in your league or yourself who are very discerning and understands the ebbs and flows and and trends. What I think that you guys and what I take out of doing this show as well, because I don't make trades, I very rarely make a trade, right? Um, What you should take out of this show is, hey, this guy is flying, what does the ranking mean? Where does the ranking come from? Where is it going to come down? What is sustainable? What is unsustainable? So view this as buy low, view it as sell high, but view it as sustainable, unsustainable, good, unsustainable, bad, however you want to view that. The other of you who are just wanting to pull trades at every five seconds of your life, first of all, bring it back a bit, pull it back. What I'm not going to do is tell you, trade this player for this player. I'm not going to do that. A, it's just impossible to do with all the different league formats and different leagues in your and league settings, all that sort of stuff. I'm not even going to throw out four different sort of players. You must get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, because again, that's counterproductive. It just it's trying to give you a cookie-cutter example, which doesn't work in fantasy. You've got to look at what your team needs, how it's built, what the other person's team needs, how you develop a conversation with that person and go through negotiations, throw other guys in, all that sort of stuff. It's more just, hey, look at these sort of players, maybe see what you can do, see what another person values this guy. Otherwise, leave it alone. Leave it alone. I hope that makes sense. I know you will be disappointed where you're not saying, well, bro, why are you even just telling us a player we can target? Because I don't think that's productive. I can throw a name out there and then the other guy in your league is going to go, oh, you just heard Josh Lloyd say that, didn't you? Or they're going to say, get out of here. I'm not doing it. I'm not here to hold your hand through every micromanaging decision, unfortunately. I, I can't do that with the thousands of people that, that, that follow and listen to this stuff. I, I can't do that. It's about broad scaffolding structures around making trades and what is real, what isn't real, what ranking makes sense, why that ranking is there, how you view that. Is it important at all? That is, what is, that is what is useful. I might give you ranges of players. Hey, target this sort of a player. And when I say this sort of a player, I mean from literally this point moving forward, not what has happened previously. We don't care what has happened previously to a degree because once it has happened, it, we don't get it on our team. We want to see what that means moving forward, not what has happened. You can't trade for a guy who's had four hot games because you don't get those four hot games. They might happen for two more, but they might not. They don't carry over. So experienced fantasy managers who don't trade, I understand, buy lows and sell highs, you can't pull them off, I get that, I know that, I wouldn't fall for that stuff, I know that as well. Inexperienced people who love trading, I'm not providing you, what a way to sell a show. Everyone, you're gonna hate it, you're gonna hate everything on this show guys, don't listen, you're gonna hate the way I'm producing it, (laughs) that's basically what I'm saying. But I'm not gonna be saying trade this guy for this guy, there you go, winning move, go for it, done. It's not how this works. It's not how I want you to approach fantasy either. So, I don't even know if I hit this stinger transition, but we, oh, I did, I hit it before. It's all, more, it's, again, I don't want to call it unsustainable trends because that's just a boring term that you know doesn't really generate any discussion or get people to watch and listen. But I do want to use this platform to explain certain things and get you to all be better fantasy managers. All right? Think we got it? We're okay? I hope so. In saying that, Let's look at some buy low players. I just noticed that buy low is cut off at the top. What an L that is. Might go in and fix that. All right, now this looks a little bit nicer, fits into the screen better. Trey Young is a buy low at the moment. And these are, there are very, and again, what do I want you to take out of this? There are very key things that you can take out of it. A lot of people can be lazy in fantasy. They'll just look at a ranking that Yahoo, and the amount of times I'll throw this out, bro, Yahoo literally says this guy is ranked here, when it doesn't mean what you think it means. I cannot stress this enough. And understanding what rankings actually come to doesn't mean shit, right? It's about where we look forward and how we project these guys out and the individual strengths and weaknesses. So we look at Trey Young, who is averaging 40.8 fantasy points, which is 25th. People will tell you that Trey Young is struggling quite a bit. That's not that far off. But then Yahoo's ranking, which is a category league-based ranking, says he's 78th for the season. Minus one rankings, which I think is a far better way, and it's using some of my weightings, which, again, tried to incorporate some of the fluctuations in low-volume categories. You know how I do this. This is a standard formula I use. He's 17th, not far away. But the discrepancy there versus what so many people will see will tell you that he's having just a stinker at 78. So what's happening? Well, he's averaging 22 points, three rebounds, 10.4 assists, 1.4 steals, hasn't blocked a shot, doesn't really matter. But he's shooting 34% from the field, 27 from three, and 89 from the line on a lot of attempts, which is really, really strong from Trey. We love Trey Young's ability to get to the line. So you drafted Trey for some scoring, for some assists, and elite free throw percentage. And he's delivering on most of that. The thing that he's not delivering on is the big scoring at just 21.7 points per game. That is going to improve. Why? Because he can't shoot at the moment. And while you can say that Trey Young's an indiscriminate chucker, I'm not going to argue that point with you. He's hitting 27% of his threes. He was at 34 last season and 38 last se- the year before that. So it is obviously 100% going to come up. I 100% guarantee this. He's also hitting 37% of his two-pointers, which bring- when he was at 48 last year, 51 the year before that. Even if you said maybe it's a down year, he's a 46% guy. That's still 9 percentage points on twos, and let's say 6 percentage points on threes. Add both of those in, your overall field goals go up, your three-pointers made go up, your scoring goes up, bang, you're back as a first-round, second-round player. like so easily. So, don't panic about that 78 ranking on Yahoo. Don't worry about the field goal. Also, if you draft a trade, you're probably looking at a punt field goal scenario anyway. But even if you weren't, or you thought you were able to make up for it, small sample size over weeks leads to problems. And this will come up undoubtedly. It is not going to stay at this low of a level that you can you can be 100% sure of. It It will not stay at this level, guaranteed. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. Picks. PricePix Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America that is independently owned. Well, actually, they don't even say that anymore. They say it's the largest DFS platform in North America, so there you go. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, you against the numbers, not against pros, not against sharks, not against spreadsheets, not against algorithms, not against unlimited time for other people. It's you looking at player projections and saying more versus less. And you just pick them, that's it. You do between two to six of those players and you actually win up to 25 times your money back. You can also play against some of PrizePick's favorite players like Meek Mill and Andrew Schiltz. You can now find community plays under the promo tabs of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PriceSpeak community, each week, they've also got the reboot policy. So your entries stay in play if one of your players gets injured. If you've got a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, well, your player gets rebooted. PricePix is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepix.com slash NBA. The promo code is locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, that brings us into the second one. You will see a very straightforward pattern. And part of me is highlighting players on this show, but also getting you to understand how we deal with this or how we can process buy low, sell highs for ourselves. Because Carl anthony Towns is a guy that I was not super high on this season. I thought end of round two, middle of round three was reasonable. I never saw first round. I never saw mid-second round. But I also know that he's not this bad. He's averaging just 34 fantasy points, which gets him 62nd. I didn't even talk about a, a buy low for Trey Young, uh, what sort of offer you can do, because again, I think you can work around this. But anyone that you throw in the 30s to get Trey Young, I think is a W. If it's a, a 40 ranked sort of player, like would I trade DeJounte Murray for Trey Young? I would, yes. I would do that without any question. So a, a projected 30s to 40s player, I would send for Trey Young. As for Towns, 62nd in points leagues. His Yahoo ranks as 86th. His minus one ranks as 55th. So not as big of a discrepancy as it was for Trey. He's averaging just 16.7 points, nine rebounds, 2.7 assists, one steal, and 0.7 blocks. So there are a few things that are very, very easy to notice there with Karl-Anthony Towns. And you will notice the pattern here. Well, I haven't even gone through the shooting, but he's shooting 38 from the field, 24 from the uh, three-point line, and 90 from the line. So you can think whatever you want about Kat, and he had an absolute stinker against the South. He was dreadful. Maybe he gets traded. All that stuff is possible. Maybe he's not a real-life winning player. All of this is, is potentially true. I'm not willing to close the book on Kat, but it's been written in like dog shit over the last couple of years, this book. It doesn't look good. But I also know that the best shooting big man of all time, Towns' words, is also not the worst shooting big man of all time, where he's hit 24% of his threes. So let's look, 24% three-point shooting. Last season, 37 in limited games. The season before, 41. This this stuff is very easy to jump back up. Now, I don't project that he's going to be a 25-point scorer like it was in the past. I've got him as like a 21, 22-point guy. I've got him as instead of a 53-point shooter, which a 53% guy from two years ago. I've got him at like 48. But it's a, it's a very easy step to get from where he is to where I think he's going to be. 24% from three. He's 37 the year before, 41 the year before. From two, he was at 58 and 58 the last two seasons. This season, he's at 46. These are just easy, easy money situations that bump and remember percentages are the biggest multipliers in category leagues. So once you hit more threes, you influence points, threes, and field goal percentage. Once you hit more twos, you influence points and field goal percentage. Both of them go up. That 16.7 becomes 21 with one extra two and one extra three per game. That's all. That's all it takes. It's not even about usage for him, which is not great. It's at 27, but it was 26 the year before that and 28 the year before that. It's basically exactly the same. He's not getting to the line as much, 3.3 attempts versus 4.7, but the other stuff is okay. The assists are also well down. That's a little concerning. He's at 4.8 last season. I've got him projected around four, so there's room for that to improve, but that might not improve. The shooting, that will improve. Now, I just noticed that I screwed this graphic up as well with this black background. I'm just going to push through it, so I apologize for that stark graphic um, display. But we are going to go to another big man, and that is DeMontis Sabonis. It's a good time to look at that because he had an absolute stinker yesterday as well, and people do tend to react quite viciously to last games. Whatever the last game was, they react. Same with Kat, who stunk in that last game. People can react viciously. So Sabonis is 31st. Oh, sorry. He's averaging 42 fantasy points, which is 20th. You probably took him at the end of the first, start of the second round for fantasy points leagues. Um, I've still got him projected around the middle of the the middle to start of the second round with around forty-five fantasy points. So a little bit down from that. He's 87th in Yahoo rankings, he's 33rd in minus one, and again, he was going pretty consistently around the 14 15 mark um, of category leagues in draft. So what is going on? Well, he's averaging 15.8 points. He averaged 19 last season, so you're already three and a half points down. 13 rebounds is actually up from last season. And the other thing that's a concern is 5.7 assists, which is down. You know he's never going to be a defensive guy. He's averaging one steal and 0.7 blocks, which is actually up from last season. So there's a little bit of a bonus there. But there are two things that really do stand out here. Yeah, look, the free throws are rough from 74, 74, 73 the last three seasons, down to 60 on the same volume. So that hurts. But also his assists are down from 7.3 to 5.7. Now, he averaged 5.2 his last season in um, Indiana, which is the one he got traded to Sacramento. But we saw them run their offense, which is dog shit at the moment, through him so much last season. So I do expect that those 5.7 assists jump back to mid-sixes to high-sixes. So there's scope there. But also, why can't he hit any twos? He's at 58% from two. He was 64 last season. He was 62 the year before that. That's, that's significant for a guy where, when we projected him out, he probably his best category was rebounds and then field goal percentage. Those are his two best categories. So when you drop it by four or five or six percentage points, it, it makes a difference. And you would have to expect that that jumps back up, as well as the weird 14 percentage point drop in his free throws, which has to improve. Even, even if you're punting free throws, the drop of 14 percentage points in free throw percentage drops your overall scoring rate down too. So all you need is that to improve back up. And it'll be okay, I think. In terms of what do you send out for Sabonis? Again, he was a guy you got in the second round. I would, you're not going to be able to send a 50th guy. You're not going to be able to send an 87th guy like where Yahoo is. A guy in the third round, I think, is reasonable to try. To see if anyone wants to bite on that, if they're pissed off with what the Kings are doing, if they're worried that the playoff factor has really reduced his effectiveness, that's worth looking at. Because again, there are key indicators two-point percentage, very clearly. He's also shooting 25% from three and 60 from the line, which are going to bump his numbers back up. So we can look into that. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. You go in there, you place that money line bet, get the win, get your bonus bets, and you go in and you can check all the different things. There's spreads, there's, uh, there's money lines, of course. There is parlays, there's player props, there's totals, there's futures. fangil has it all. So you might be able to look at the, say, scoring player prop for DeMontis, Sabonis bonus for next game. I reckon it might turn around and you can have a look at that and use your bonus bets on it. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangil is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. This show is taking a while because I'm going into quite a bit of detail. I might end up, we'll see how we go. I might end up splitting this into Bylos and sell-highs as a separate show. I think I might do that just to keep them a little bit more digestible. Um, the next by player is Zachary Levine in Chicago. He's had that one absolute explosion game where he dropped 51. And aside from that, it's been pretty disappointing much like the entirety of that Bulls squad. Just disappointment after disappointment. Now, I thought Levine, and maybe I'm just way wrong on this. I thought Levine, when he was getting drafted at like 48, 50, was being significantly undervalued by the fantasy market. Maybe I'm wrong. He's averaging just 31 fantasy points, and that makes him the 76th ranked player. He's 111th in Yahoo rankings. 81st in minus one. So what's going on? He's averaging 22 points. He's averaging four rebounds, 2.3 assists, 0.8 steals and 0.1 blocks, shooting under 42 from the field, 32 from the line, and 80, sorry, 32 from three, and 87 from the line. So, again, it's really easy to see what's going on here. Um, The minutes are fine. The usage is exactly the same as last season, 29.4, right? So, I've got him still projected at that. There's a couple of things that are just very, very easy to tell here. We're not worrying about defensive stats increasing. Number one is his assists are half of last season. He's averaging 2.3. He was at 4.2 and 4.5 last season. The Bulls team is largely the same, apart from Kobe White starting and Ayo Suma to the bench. Kobe White's not generating gigantic assists. Levine's numbers are just down. They're up over the last four. He's up to 3.3 over the last four. and I think it's fair to suggest he gets back to four. So that already gives a significant rise to his overall production because currently he's a below average assist guy. And I think he gets back to being an above average assist player. And then the other thing is the shooting. This is a player who, over the last three seasons, his field goal percentage was 51, 48, 48 48.5. He's running at 41.8. Why? What's happening? Well, can't hit threes. 32% from three. Last season, 38. The year before, 39. The year before, 42. It is a downward trajectory, but I don't expect that Zach Levine's a 32% three-point shooter. Also, his twos are unbelievably low. 42% on twos. That's not It's 42? No, 42 is not right. Apologies. He's at 48% on twos. Whereas last season, he was at 50, um, 56 and 54 the year before that. So he's just well below, well below where he needs to be. Those numbers just aren't, aren't where they need to be at. I realize what those numbers are. There. That's not two-point percentage. That's field goal percentage. 42 field goals versus 49 and 48 the last two years. Sorry, my bad. The twos are down from 56 and 54.0 down to 48 this season. So there's just so much room for him to improve in assists, in three-point shooting, and in two-point shooting. And that should be able to bring him all the way back up into the top 50. So any guy outside the top 50 for Levine, as you look as a non-top 50 player, I would send to get him back. And often you you can contrast the buy lows and the sell highs together to maybe get some value back in a deal. But I think that's a good way of looking at it. That he should be a top 50, probably top 40 player as we move forward. And he's currently nowhere near that because of shooting. The last buy low sell high, well, actually the last buy low that we're going to look at goes in New York, and it is the burner, Jalen Brunson, who, like I was a little bit down on in the um in the preseason, there was so much talk. From Knicks people, Fred Katz was talking about all the Knicks internally. was saying, man, Brunson's got another leap in him. Like, oh, okay, I don't really know where, where he takes it. I don't know how he gets there. But not only has he not taken a step forward, he's taken big steps back. Like he's struggling. 35 fantasy points, which is 54th. He's 118th on Yahoo's rankings. Again, 118th would suggest that you consider benching him, which you don't. Why those rankings are garbage. He's 68th in minus one. So just don't get sucked into those numbers. I still view him, despite me being down on him as a a prospect or or as a draft pick this season, I still view him as a top 70 guy very comfortably. I am not sure. Like, I did have him as a top 50 guy. I have moved back on that a little bit. So I don't think he's quite there. He's averaging 22 points, 4 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 1.3 steals, hasn't had a block. The assists are probably the concern here. 4.6 assists versus 6.2 last season. He's not a super high assist player, but he averaged 4.8 assists playing alongside Luka Doncic in only 32 minutes two years ago. So I would have to expect that that 4.6 can hit at least over five, maybe five and a half, maybe back to six. But it is way down. His usage is actually fine. Last season, it was 28. This season, it's almost 29. So it's actually up, but it's the shooting. 40% from the field. 39 from three and 81 from the line. And you look at 39 from three and go, that's actually really still good, it is. But he was 42 last season and 48 over the second half of the season, which did bump his numbers up pretty considerably. He also has been over the last three years from field goal goal percentage range, 52, 50, 49. He's at 40 now. So there's another number there that sticks out and that is two point percentage. The last three years in twos, 58, 55, 52. This season, 41. It's going to come up. He's not going to be a 40% shooter. It's not like his usage has jumped up gigantic amounts where he's taking tons more harder shots and they're just not going to go in. He's at about the same level he was last season. He's taking two extra shots per game. and He's not, he's not getting the free throw line quite as much, but that number is going to come up. So with Brunson, I wouldn't view him as top 30 or top 40. Maybe he's top 50. I'll be trying to get guys... Uh, I'd try to trade guys who are projected outside top 80 moving forward who are on a bit of a hot streak in terms of being able to get him. And then 34.5, 34.9 fantasy points. I do think that um, yeah, there's obviously clear value in jumping ahead of that and getting up to maybe a 38, 39 fantasy point player um, should be, I, I guess, the area that we're aiming for there with Jalen Brunson. So yeah, we're like 25 minutes into this. So I'm going to I'm gonna cut it and we're going to come back and do another sell high show show. Uh, basically immediately after this. So, guys, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, not Stitcher. God. And on YouTube, you thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.